morning, church. What a good word. Thanks, Joseph. Um, how are y'all doing? You're good? Good. This is the day the Lord's made, is it not? And we will, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. I'm so glad he woke us up this morning, gave us another opportunity to come and fellowship. My name is Paul and I am privileged to serve as pastor here at Victory Church where we exist to see people reconciled to God and each other, as Erica referenced earlier. Um, if you know me by now, I throw a little, some parentheticals in the middle of my sentences often, so I want to throw a parenthetical in right now and ask you to give God some praise for our worship team. And we just do that. Uh, just thank God for them. I don't know how many of you were here on Wednesday night, but they put together uh, an amazing Christmas night of worship. I mean, amazing. Um, it was amazing. And um, we were blessed, and there were so many layers of preparation and so forth. So I don't want to go through all of the details because I'm sure I'll miss something or someone. But the person behind me who's playing right now arranged just about all of what we were able to listen to Wednesday night. So I wanted to give a particular shout out to Tyler. We are a blessed people, a lot of gifts in the body, and, and everyone is just selfless as unto the Lord. So I just wanted to say thank you, and we can do that around the room, but just in this moment, I wanted to throw that parenthetical in there. Uh, great to see all of you. Thanks for being here and choosing to spend an hour of your time in worship with us today. Those live streaming, thank you as well for joining us. It's, uh, it's just a privilege to come and worship together. It really is. Um, every volunteer, we, we're grateful for you. Every victory group leader, as you heard Erica reference, we just finished the fall session. Thank you. Um, and I want to give another shout out, and I might do this a few times today. I'm just shouting everybody out <laughs> these days. I'm just really thankful. Um, but uh, I'll preface the shout out with this. I was in the grocery store picking up just some small tokens of appreciation for our leaders, the coordinators, and the Victory Group leaders, all of whom you can find on the website. You can go there and you can see sort of the title, the role, if you will, and then for most, you'll see a picture there. But I was in the store, and as I was picking up some gift cards, I realized there's no title per se or role for one particular person, um, for a lot of us, but this one I'm talking about this morning. And so I grabbed an extra gift card, Lee, and I, I went home, and I gave one of those gift cards to that person I live with. <laughs> she said, what's this for? I said, man, you probably have the hardest job of all. <laughs> you got to be married to me and you have to really cope with, if you will, and celebrate uh, the work that God's doing here at Victory Church that, that he's um, allowed me to steward. But as the wife of me, there's no title or role or, or sort of space where we get to say, come on stage and thank you for X. But the X, Ys, and Zs go really long. And I wanted to just take a minute to say something about my wife, Taylor. And what better opportunity than to talk about people when they're not here? Um, so I really miss her. Our daughter's sick this morning, and so she's home. But it, it just brought to mind, it's not just the kids, but my goodness, um, she sacrifices in so many different ways, loves on me and you through prayer and other ways, seen and unseen. And we had one particular expectation coming into this. Uh, as part of Every Nation Family of Churches, we went through a week-long assessment in 2017 where they grilled us about... That sounds so negative. They didn't grill us, but they, they, they looked into our lives and our marriage and our finances, and there were psychologists there and pastors there. They wanted to know how well you knew the word, etc. 
And we got to really grapple with expectations. And one of the things that I thought, why not communicate more broadly that we said to each other was there is no expectation of you to do anything that one might think is a typical expectation of a pastor's wife. You get to just be and serve. So that's a cue for any woman in the room who might want to do something for women's ministry. There's no expectation of Taylor to run that because we've said there is no expectation because you and I both know what's involved in just being my bride. And so she does her thing and serves out with Melinda and others who, uh, who greet because she loves to do that. And then she writes. She's writing a book. And God, I think, is going to bless us all through what she's writing. So I just wanted to say publicly that I love her and love God for giving me her. And I hope that you'll join me in this brief moment of appreciating God and her as well. Can we do that? <clears throat> she is amazing. So let's continue our worship experience by turning to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. I plan to be a bit more brief this morning, however long that takes. Uh, but uh, Join me there in the book of Luke. And before we read, uh, let's just pray. Lord, help us as we study your word this morning. As always, open our eyes so we can see what's here for us today. And allow us to apply it to our lives such that we can walk more uprightly before you than we did the day prior. Help us confess where needed and to yield and surrender where needed so that your power, the power of your Holy Spirit can come and do what it is that only you can do in and through us. We ask you to speak this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Reading from the NIV this morning. <clears throat> And if you don't mind reading with me, that will be great. It reads, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Amen. The title of the message today is Untouchables. Um, untouchables. So just turn to left or right and just tell your neighbor, Jesus touches the untouchable. When I was growing up, a lot of you have heard some of my story, uh, and I think it's helpful to know a little bit about who's standing in front of you each week. Uh, a little bit more of that story is that uh, when I was going to church growing up, we, we attended a church. It was a storefront church, 127th Street and Lenox Avenue in Harlem, a different Harlem than now. So if you go visit now and you see dogs and earbuds in jogging at night, that wasn't the Harlem that I remembered uh, growing up in. But it was a little storefront church, and it was on the first floor of, uh, of like an apartment building. And people would come into the church. Sometimes they were there for service. Other times they didn't know what they were walking into. They just were coming because they needed warmth. They were coming because they were looking for somebody. And in, in some cases, the cases of my dad's cousin, actually, uh, he was just coming to say hello. And that he did at any point in the service. Dad could be preaching. Somebody can be up singing. And he'd come in and say, Charlie. That's my dad's name. Charlie, Charlie, baby. That's what they call him. And what happened next struck me. And it still strikes me today. Um, 
Cousin Billy had some things going on in, in his life, and so we understood that. And people didn't even know, actually, that he was dad's cousin. But, but what happened next was interesting, whether it was him or anybody else. Somebody would go over. Sometimes dad would come down off the pulpit. Others would maybe go by, and there'd be a kind of a calm whisper in the ear uh, of Cousin Billy or whomever. Um, and unless they were, like, unruly or something or just kind of belligerent, they were invited to sit and join us for service. When the church moved up to the South Bronx and we occupied the bank, um, that they're still in to this day, that same trend continued. And so you imagine then how marked I've been when I go to churches since that time. Every time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, in what ways do we reach the untouchable? Cousin Billy was society's untouchable for a variety of reasons, mental health, substance abuse, etc. And I would go into churches and I'd think, okay, how is it that we reach Cousin Billy? What does that look like? And if I didn't see it happening, I wouldn't leave, because how many know we'd never find a church if we left at every little disappointment? Uh, they're filled with human beings, and every place that is will have something to be disappointed in. But I would then say, what is my role in helping this church, if a part of that vision, to do so? And if not, then sometimes that causes more disruption to try to do something than not, so maybe then we transition. But that was always my mindset. Just yesterday, we took a few of our leaders to Region 10, uh, over on Old Lynchburg Road, and we were there all day for a mental health first aid workshop. How many know that could be also another space in our culture that is an untouchable? Not because Jesus can't, but because for whatever reason, unfamiliarity or fear, it's an untouchable. So we spent time learning more about that which with we are maybe unfamiliar so that we can do a better job touching that which Jesus wants to touch. Amen. And every church, my childhood church, yours, if you grew up in the church, or even this church and any other churches you've ever been to, certainly have some growth areas. And by the grace of God, we'll do just that. We'll grow into how we can touch that which Jesus has always meant to be touched. So we have an opportunity to reflect, if you will, all of us, on how we too were and are very much so untouchable. In some way to somebody, maybe at Christmas dinner this year, you're the untouchable. Or maybe you're having dinner with somebody who is. But I imagine in some way all of us are. And so we get to reflect on how, even in the space we occupy and how untouchable we may be, that Jesus has reached out and continues to reach out to touch that which is untouchable. I'm grateful. We can pause there for a minute and just thank God, however you might do so, that he reached out to each of us and continues to do so, to touch us in ways that others, maybe sitting alongside in our family on our block, would never do. Even Hokies. <laughs> Virginia Tech, even if you went there, he, he'll touch you too. He loves you. Dallas Cowboy fans, where's Hiawatha? You here this morning? He's probably hiding somewhere. He, he, he loves y'all too. Nobody's untouchable when it comes to, to Jesus Christ. But our challenge, of course, in our wanting to bear his image well, is that we're not him. And so in our skin, sometimes it can be difficult due to unfamiliarity or fear to actually touch that which Jesus does want to touch. And it's tempting for us in whatever space we occupy to forget that we are, in fact, the untouchable. 
Last week, I kind of ended uh, the sermon by, with verse 7 of Luke chapter 2 by emphasizing that Jesus was placed in a manger following his birth due to there being no room in the inn. Has anybody ever been in a space where you felt there was no room for you? I imagine all of us had in some way, shape, or form. The resting place of our Savior after his birth was where animals would eat. That's where Jesus found himself. If we look a little bit later in his life in Matthew 21 to the triumphal entry in Jerusalem, when everybody's there celebrating, singing Hosanna, Hosanna, he comes in not in a Rolls Royce or Tesla. Nothing wrong with either of those two. If you have it, let me drive a couple times. But he came in on a donkey. And so the point we really want to accentuate today, really the singular point that we want to emphasize over and over again, is that Jesus from birth was very familiar with the margins in society, the untouchable, if you will. He's familiar with us. And that he being our reconciliation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, says he reconciled us unto himself through Jesus Christ, then gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that he began that process literally in the margins. Think about that. When we talk about as Victory Church being reconciled to God and each other, what does that look like? And I want to suggest through scripture that it looks like it beginning actually with the untouchable, with the margins, with the smelly, with the dirty, with the whoever and however society might classify what really is us looking in the mirror, but the spaces that we call home. Up in this point in the text, the announcement of Christ's birth had only been to family. Remember last week we talked about Joseph, he had the dream and, and, and he, he received that word from the Holy Spirit and he went and took Mary as his wife. For Mary, it was the angel Gabriel um, that came to her. Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit, which she was filled with when her baby leaped in her womb when Mary met her. Only the family was there in announcement up until this point in the text. And now this first announcement outside of the family wasn't to some priestly establishment in Jerusalem. It wasn't to, to, to the elders or King Herod's sort of royal space. No, it was to shepherds. Somebody referenced earlier, I think it was Chantel, that they, these were humble, modest, if you will, occupationally. This, if you talk about a social ladder at this point in time, it was, they were on the, the bottom rung. And I think it's to be noted that he came to them to be both the recipients and the purveyors or communicators of this good news. And if we read later on in the Gospels, we know that Jesus then went on to choose some more common folk like you and me, fishermen and farmers and tax collectors. They didn't like them back in the day. They were very much pariahs and outcasts and, and sort of on the margins. But that's who Jesus would then also decide to choose as his Disciple, And so it's not lost on me this morning that the Lord wants to, in fact, we know, speak to every single one of us. That he wants to use every single one of us, not just the pastor, not just anybody sitting on stage, not even just adults. I mean, you know, Jesus has something he wants to say in and through every single person living and breathing this morning. Including the kids down in the gymnasium around this corner. And we're doing our best to disciple them in a way that they know that they have something to say. He wants to use you and he wants to use me. So the angel appears to them as it says in this text and says, do not be afraid, which I find interesting that every time an angel shows up uh, 
in the Bible and, and certainly in, in, in communicating to Mary and Joseph, there's this, this message of don't be afraid. Sometimes when angels showed up, that meant like, whew, death might have been coming. So people got afraid and terrified. But this angel says, don't be afraid. It's interesting in that they knew something about our even thinking around fear that comes into play when unfamiliar comes around. So don't be afraid. As he said to Joseph, don't be afraid, Joseph, take Mary as your wife. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the Lord, the one you've been waiting on, the one who, who will save you from all of your sins, the one who will heal you, the one who will provide peace for you, the one who will reconcile your family and my family, the one who will shatter whatever glass ceiling you're facing, the one who will deliver, the one about whom prophets spoke hundreds of years ago, the one, the only one who can deliver you from yourself and myself. Today's his birthday. The angel essentially is saying, he's here, he's here. And the sign for this person that you've been waiting on, the sign for this person who can do all things but fail, the sign will be this. You'll find him in an animal trough. Yeah, that person, all that build up and the excitement, this is where you're going, that's your sign. You'll find him over there in the untouchable space. You'll find him on the margin. We have three children in our house, and they have been asking for a dog, and a lot. And Taylor and I both know, because we had dogs, how much they're good. They're therapeutic in nature. They, 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 they help with so many different things. They're fun to play with. They build responsibility, all the good things. So, so we've talked about it, Taylor and I, and we decided what any good parent would do. We said, well, our neighbor has a dog, so you should play with them every chance that you get. <laughs> Whenever sunshine comes outside, well, get your coats, kids, get your coats, he's out there. Go, go get him. <laughs> and they love it. They go, the neighbors are great, they let them walk in them, and I'm like, that's, there we go. <laughs> One day, another neighbor uh, was dog-sitting, two different dogs. And um, so again, kids, get your coats on. Julie's outside, looks like she got two dogs. It's probably that friend that she always dog-sits for. Go, go, okay, okay. So they get up, they go outside, I go with them. We end up walking around the whole neighborhood with these two dogs. And Julie lets them hold the leash. They're having a blast. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. Going around, and then the dogs do what dogs do. And so I'm like, here's my moment. <laughs> Seize the moment. I said, well, here, this is part of it. Here's the bag. Here you go. Never have I seen the kids drop a leash so quickly and roll out so fast because they didn't want to touch the untouchable, the, the stuff that dogs do. I need to stop myself there because you can see where I'm going in that parallel. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that I nor you are to be thought of as that excrement. <laughs> but in many ways, and actually in some ways, those on the margins, if you've ever found yourself on the fringe, you can in fact feel like you're being treated as such. Amen. But the parallel isn't that I'm saying I am that nor you are that. But there's this idea that, oh my gosh, having a dog will be this or be that. Blah, 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 blah. And then... Oh, but not that. I'm not dealing with that. It's a great moment in the household of the Harrises because they realize all of what it would be about. 
Similarly, I would suggest that we can come into this life of faith with Jesus Christ and see him in the way we want to see him and not see him in the ways that will basically, if we're really following him, lead us to touching some things, Frankie, that maybe we frankly don't want to touch. I didn't mean that pun. Sorry, Frankie. (laughs) The text says they'd find him in an animal trough on the margins with the untouchable. That's a significant part of his story. And as such, ought to be a significant part of ours. Why, again, does this matter for us? Because we tend to look for Jesus where we want to find him. You probably heard of the story with the guy who was looking for his glasses and his wife says, well, where's the last place that you saw him? He said, I think in the bedroom. And then she says, well, why then are you looking in the kitchen? She says, because it's better light in here. How many of us are where there's better light? But Jesus is saying, I've called you to find where people need to be found. Where you were found, where I was found. Lord, help me lest I forget where I came from. I know where you picked me up from. I know that story, and you know yours well, don't you? The places nobody would come close to, and yet Jesus says, you're not too far. What about us? What about you and me? And as we accentuate the coming of Christ, it's a Merry Christmas. In these early weeks of December, I want to layer in the perspective that Jesus has always shown us how familiar he is with the untouchable and that anyone who wants to follow him would do the same. Jesus is reconciliation. It's who he is. And it's striking to me that reconciliation began from below, from the birthplace, in a place no baby would ever be, but Jesus chose to be there on the margins, spaces where the untouchable reside. This is a Merry Christmas, and why? Because you and I know those parts of our lives, if we were to share them with folks, that they wouldn't want to deal with us. How many know if everybody in this room knew everything you know, some of us would be like, hmm, mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> There's a victory group up the street, I think. You can, yeah. There's some parts of all of us still and certainly in the past that God has had to come and make some changes on the inside of us and let us know we're not too far from him, though in our sphere of influence, we may be felt to feel that way. He says in many ways, I want to get close to that very thing, things. I'm not going to condone or perpetuate that which is sin, but I'm attracted to it in many ways because that's who I am. You've been abused? Jesus says, let me get close. You've been betrayed? Jesus says, let me get close. You've been wronged in some way, shape, or form? Jesus says, let, let me get close. You've been suicidal, maybe have some psychotic episodes. Jesus says, let me, let me get close. You've been othered in some way, shape, or form. Jesus says, let me get close. Matthew 8, also in Luke chapter 5, there's a story of the leper. If you know anything about those who had leprosy, it was a debilitating disease. This skin just, just literally deteriorating. There's no feeling. Nerve endings mess up such that you can end up cutting off parts of your body without even realizing it. It was an awful and is in many countries still an awful disease. And in such, it was a part of Levitical law that you couldn't touch them. What did Jesus do in Matthew 8 and chapter 5? He reached out. When he didn't have to, the power of his word certainly would have been enough. We can pray for them, and we can. 
as somebody prayed for me. But how many know, I know there was a touch through somebody with skin on that God allowed to touch me and to touch you. Jesus says, I'm going to touch. I'm going to break Levitical law and demonstrate for you and for me what it looks like to touch the untouchable. Yes, we get to situate that within the context in which we live today, but the principle remains. Nobody wanted to touch a leper. Jesus says, let me get close. Let me bring healing. Let me bring wholeness, even if it means breaking Levitical law. They wanted to stone the woman that was in adultery. Remember that story? Jesus just reached out in the sand. says, just let me get close. Just go and sin no more. Tax collectors, nobody wanted to get close to. Jesus says, why don't you come and be in part of my original crew? The woman at the well, let me get close. He's always close to or familiar with the seemingly too dirty, the seemingly too filthy, the seemingly too disgusting. Jesus wants to get close. So what does that mean for us more corporately? We live in a city where we know the spaces that remain untouched because they seem to this or to that. We know the spaces that remained untouched by funding, the spaces that remain untouched by policies that we know could help, the spaces untouched by education and justice that we know could make a difference. And Jesus communicates through scripture that just like he came to touch us where nobody would want to touch, he's now calling us to touch our community in the places that no one seems to want to touch. And get this part. He said, do it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because you are them. They are you. And there's nothing but a we, all of whom in some way, as we've said over and over with intentionality, are the untouchable. But thank God for Jesus. Merry Christmas. In his infinite love and affection and purpose, reached out and continues to reach out and touch us. And I know if he could use me. He could use anybody because I know where I came from. If there's brokenness in our city as we close, Jesus wants to use us to fix it in the name of Jesus. Because in his name, there's what? Power. In his name, there's deliverance. In his name, there's healing. In his name, there's freedom. In his name, there are a whole lot of things that I think our community can use. Amen. And the word of God the text we've read and the general tenor of scripture is quite remarkable in saying you're my hands and feet to touch we're coming up on one year as a church victory church of charlottesville y'all know that and um it's pretty wild to me to think about that it's been a pretty amazing ride learned an incredible amount and will continue to learn um but as we planned it, this church, and, and those who heard me and Erica say it earlier, the, the vision is to see people reconcile to God and to each other. And part of that vision is to ensure that Jesus continues to be preached in the margins of our society, the mangers of our society, the places that may not want to be touched in our society, to proclaim that he still wants to touch the untouchable and that he wants to use each of us to do that because we are the untouchable and Jesus touches the untouchable. 
I'm grateful that he chose to reach out and touch me. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I will ask you to reflect, and I'm slowing down my cadence purposefully, to think about your own life, lest we fall prey to a number of things. I know in my own life, I say, Lord, don't ever let me get so whatever that I forget and start to see the untouchable as not me. No, I am. I am in the mirror every day, and every day you touch me. So in your own life, for a moment, just reflect, God, in what ways have you touched me? Or in what ways am I still desiring a touch from you? And from that place, Lord, and I learned from many of you in this regard, I mentioned this last week already, how we can, through the spaces we occupy, touch the untouchable. But reflect now on that very opportunity. How can we, individually and more corporately, touch the untouchable? Help us, Lord, not to let the smell of any success lead us astray from that which you've done in our lives. Verse 12 says again, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Where is Jesus through you and through me lying? Where do we put him? He wants to be everywhere, absolutely. But where are we putting him by convenience? And where might he want to lay? Where did he choose to lay? If you're sitting here now, you feel like in some way, shape, or form, you're on the fringe. You're on the margins of society. Perhaps due to your socioeconomic status. Perhaps due to your pedigree. Perhaps due to your age. Perhaps due to disability. Perhaps due to your gender. But you're feeling in some way, I am what you speak of. There's good news. Jesus lives there. He lives there. He sees you. He sees me. He hears you. He hears me. And you know what? He said, I was born for this. I came for you. Merry Christmas. How now might you and I, as we receive that, and it's a process ongoingly in sanctification of receiving a Merry Christmas amidst whatever's happening around us, how might we then carry that good news of Merry Christmas? to those in our sphere of influence. Jesus touches the untouchable. As I close, I was reflecting on the literal untouchables in India. Anybody familiar with, with that? The caste system and the untouchables. Some 160 million folks end up in this space where they're literally not considered human. And I thought, how does that happen? Look in the mirror, Paul. How does that happen? How do we create spaces where we facilitate the dehumanizing of individuals? And I come back to Scripture and say, well, I, I, I don't see Jesus as a... I, 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 God, I'm sorry. And today, afresh, I commit as we move toward the end of 2019. I'm not a huge new, new Year's resolution guy per se, but as we turn 2020 more corporately, oh yeah, the prayer continues to be, always has been, with a bit more fervor. Help us to touch the untouchable. 
because that's who you are. And you are reconciliation. And we want to be a people who see people reconciled to God and to each other. And while it may bring about unfamiliarity and some fear, huh, fear not. Fear not. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, Joshua 1 and 8, other places say it this way. The Lord is with us. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. As we move forward together more corporately, that's the prayer. As Jesus desires to touch, may we be his hands and feet. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying where? In a manger. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that meets us where we are, touches us where we need to be touched, communicating over and over again through Scripture that we're not untouchable by you, though in other ways our sphere of influence may communicate that to us. Everyone in the room on some level has felt that, communicated to others or not. May we this morning be reminded that your arms are not too short to reach us. That you were born for this. That everything about from birth through your life says you sit with the untouchable. You eat meals with the untouchable. You call and speak through the untouchable. You announce one of the most, most important thing through those on the margins. Help us to be reminded of that and as such to be encouraged that you want to use us to do the same for those who are not here or just have dull of hearing at the moment for your voice and have yet to hear that you can reach them where they are. Use us as your hands and feet. With eyes closed and heads bowed, there may be some here who have never responded to the touch of Jesus Christ in that you've never said, I want to live for God. I want to live for Jesus. This is a moment where you can make that decision. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, raise your hand really high so we can pray with and for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege we get to call you Lord, the privilege we get to walk with you every single step of our lives. And may we look to you with more gratitude tomorrow than we did today and today than yesterday and look to you for perspective and visibility through the lens of Scripture toward those whom you want to still reach that might seem unreachable or feel unreachable. I pray even during this Christmas season that you'd open up our eyes, give us the boldness through Jesus Christ in our families even, in our home perhaps, and certainly in our community to touch those with the gospels whose lives desperately need it just as ours desperately needed and needs it. You, Lord, touch the untouchable and we want to be agents of that. We thank you, we love you, and we appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.